Welcome to the Beyond the Box War podcast. This is your host, David Kaplan. In this episode, I interview coach Evan Lavery. He's an assistant men's basketball coach at Emporia State. Oh, it's going just yeah. fine. You know, just a little bit windy right now. Uh, but other than that, no complaints coming off of a strong season and, you know, in year three being part of this staff here and moving things in the right direction. You know, we're, we're not quite where we need to be, but we're definitely further along than, uh, than when we got here. So we're fortunate to be in this situation. Now, Coach, do you want to give Absolutely. yourself a, a brief uh, My name is Evan Lavery. I'm the assistant men's basketball coach at Emporia State University, an NCAA Division II school in the MIAA out here in Kansas. Um, just finished my ninth season uh, coaching at the collegiate level. Have spent time at the junior college level as an assistant, at the junior college level as a head coach, and and now at the, the Division II level as an assistant coach. So I've been fortunate enough to be in a, a couple different levels and, and be able to experience a, a few different roles along the way. Um, and and as you know, obviously, you know whether you know, unless you get to like that tip top level, you know, it don't it don't really matter what your role is. You, you wear a million hats, and you got to do a lot of bit of everything in order to make sure that. Uh, that the program is running um, at a above uh, satisfactory level. You know, you, you want to make sure that all the, all the stones are being turned over and everything's being, being done well. So, you know, you can't just coach or you can't just uh, recruit or you can't just develop players or scout. I mean, it's, it's a multitude of things and just, uh, you know, just been very, very blessed uh, to be able to do almost, uh, almost everything um, in, in uh, my nine years of being part of this, uh, this game. That's awesome. Coach. You know, talk about growing up in Indiana, and, and was it similar to the movie Hoosiers? <laughs> no, as far not as really. Your I'll be hundred percent honest with you. You know, where I grew up, uh, Northwest Indiana, um, better known as to the people around there and people that have a understanding of Indiana, the region. Um, you know, it's just a, it's, it's not Indianapolis. You know, it's not uh, you know rural Indiana, but you're that northwest part of the state. Um, that's about 35, 40 minutes from downtown Chicago. So when I would play, you know, different teams and different things and, and, uh, you get to talking with players, you know, when you're in middle school and, and early years of high school, people just, you know, don't understand geography, I guess they, they ask you, you know, oh, you from Indiana, like you got indoor plumbing, you got, uh, you know, like you live on a farm and I'm just like, no, I don't like it's, uh, it's really suburban. You know, there, there's there's black people, there's white people, there's Asian people, there's Indian people. Like it's actually like a lot like where you know you are in, in a suburban area as well. So no, it's you know I didn't grow up uh, you know with a basketball goal, you know on my on a barn or anything like that. I did have a hoop in the driveway in the front yard, but no, it was you know a very very suburban lifestyle growing up, and 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 you know definitely. Uh, not not uh, not like uh, how the movie portrays Hoosiers. That's for darn sure. I love it. Uh, non-existent. Coach, what was your recruitment um, like coming you out know, of high school? It was. I wasn't a very a very good player. Um, you know, I was able to be be all right at the high school level. I loved the game. Um, you know, is what I didn't realize at that point in time that. Um, I realize now when I'm on the other side of the fence is that, you know, everybody has uh, a different ceiling. Um, you know, you can work as hard as you want at some stuff, but there, there's certain things that's, uh, you know, whether genetics or just uh, whatever you want to look into. But I mean, it's one of those things where, 
you know, I, I had a lot of uh, Division threes and, and, and NAIs um, out that way. Um, I opted to, to walk on at a uh, Division two school. was there for a semester. It wasn't for me. I was kind of hoping to eventually get on to, uh, you know, be a scholarship-level player. I didn't really understand the landscape and how things work um, and, and learned very quickly when I was at that level that, uh, you know, I bit off more than I could chew. Um, I then went to the junior college level, um, had a great experience at Kishwaukee College, um, started every game there for uh, for two years. And it was a uh, our last year or my sophomore year, my last year there, we went to the uh, the Division two national tournament, in Danville, Illinois. We finished sixth. And it was uh, you know, it, it was a really strong uh, experience there. And, and it, it exposed me to something in the junior college level that I didn't know a lot about in Indiana. You know, you got Ancilla which is one of a very select few private junior colleges. And then you have Vincennes and Vincennes is like, you know, the upper echelon of the upper echelon. So, you know, they're not, they're not spent spending their time recruiting a guy like me. Um, but uh, so being in Indiana, you really don't, I mean, I didn't have an understanding of the junior college level um, and then, you know, moving on and playing at that level, you know, I, I realized how beneficial it was uh, as a player and just, you know, with everything that I got to experience and, and continuing to play and, uh, get my game better and everything like that, at least as, as, as good as it could possibly get. And, and, you know, then have an opportunity to get recruited um, again, you know, out, out of that. So, you know, you mentioned, uh, you know, you go the Juco route. What made that the right fit for you? And I, I'm sure after watching Last Chance You, you know, people have that idea of, oh, Juco's, you know, that last chance you, Jason Brown type stuff. No. You know, was that I mean, an accurate it, portrayal it, it of your Juco really experience? It wasn't really an accurate portrayal. I mean, it's sure there was – we had a, a collection of guys. And, like, it was all good dudes, you know what I mean? Just just like on the show, you know what I mean? Like, obviously, everybody, you know, as you know from playing and coaching and stuff, um, everybody has their past. Everybody has uh, certain things that they're trying to fight or certain things that they're trying to leave behind uh, from a past life or from back home, whether it's – you know, be something serious or maybe just like, Hey, I, I just don't like my parents or, Hey, you know, I, I just don't like being back home. You know, people don't, people that go back home and stay back home don't amount to nothing. Like it's it, again, everybody's fighting battles that, that, you know, you, we don't really necessarily know uh, to its fullest extent. Um, but like now my junior college experience wasn't like that. Uh, the head coach I played for Kishwaukee, Rob Buss, um, you know, he uh, was a tough love type guy. Um, he's somebody that uh, would tell you the truth. He would tell you um, if if you weren't playing hard or if you weren't doing things a certain way. He was not somebody that was a big. Um, he was loud, but it wasn't like he yelled and screamed at you. It's not like he swore at you. Like it wasn't like that. You know what I mean? And and by no stretch of the imagination, um, you know, do I knock people that do things in the coaching world a different way, like Jason Brown, you know, use him for an example, his, his approach to his players is completely different. That doesn't make it right, wrong. I mean, that's how he does stuff. And that's how he fostered results with the kids that he brought into his program, you know, so um, a lot of respect for that. But now coach bus was coach bus was great. You know, he, uh, he definitely demanded a lot out of us. It was a tough love situation all the time. And, you know, the, the one thing that I think I took away from, most is I look back on it even outside of the playing things that you know he had a had a stipend assistant and just because again it's you know D2 Juco and it wasn't the greatest setup in the world where you you know as you get in the coaching world and you get to see and hear how certain spots have multiple full-time assistants and different things and you know what I uh, took from it was you know I'm seeing the guy that's 
you know, doing the scouts and, and recruiting the players and calling the sets and making the subs. Well, he's also filling the Gatorade cooler. He's also sweeping the floor. He's also getting the jerseys out. He's doing all this stuff. And that has, you know, nothing to do what the outside world would think would be quote unquote coaching. Um, but, you know, as I, as I watched him, you know, it, it made me um, gain a lot of respect for him as I looked at, you know, no job is too small for him and he's, and he's the person that runs the program. So, um, I took a lot of positives away from that experience. Um, you know, I, I was fortunate to, to be there. It got connected to coach bus through a family friend back in Northwest Indiana, someone that said, uh, that played with him at the college level and, you know, the stars kind of aligned and, you know, it's, you know, I'm sure you can relate to it. You know, you just don't, don't understand why sometimes you meet somebody at that point in your life, but then you look back on it now, shoot 12 years later, you know, now it all kind of makes a little bit more sense on, why that certain person or people are, are placed in your life for, for whatever reason. You know, you mentioned you guys went to the uh, Division Two JUCO National Tournament. You know, obviously it's not on national TV, but it's got to be exciting. No, it was great. You know, you know what I mean? It's, like- uh, you know, from what I remember of it, I mean, it's, it's, it gets uh, a little bit further away every year, but – um, you know, my, uh, my experience out there, it was, it was fun. You know what I mean? Like you got to, first off, you had a whole week of spring break that you practiced with your team and you didn't have classes. And then the week that you came back from spring break, or was supposed to come back from spring break. We were in uh, beautiful Danville, Illinois, you know what I mean? And it was, it was, it was great to be able to play in the last week of the regular season. We played a team, um, gosh, we played a team from out East in the first round and, and, uh, you know, played a poor first half, but the second half, you know, we like a lot of teams in, in a tournament setting like that, we kind of figure it out and we're fortunate enough to win. And then we ended up playing Lincoln college who since years later has transitioned to be an NAI school, but Lincoln, when they were in Juco, they had, they had a couple guys, uh, Keel Turpin, he ended up going to Florida state and they just had a slew of other guys that were just really, really talented. We got rocked. I mean, we got absolutely rocked. And then we played, uh, I believe it was Lewisburg in the uh, once we hit the constellation bracket, we we're fortunate enough to beat them, and then we uh, we lost our last game. I might have been Brown Mackey when they still had a program. I'm not sure, but um, but no, the one you know I definitely remember the Lewisburg because I did a little bit of my notes on your end. You guys are obviously very familiar with them and being there out your way and everything. So, but no, it was it was a great experience, especially being able to be around. Um, that that level of player, you know, the, the culminating experience of the season is what we worked for, was what we played for each year. I mean, the shoot, we honestly didn't play very well towards the end of the season. We just didn't. Um, we got hot in the region tournaments. Um, we were in the uh, semifinals, and we were slated to have a matchup in the finals with South Suburban, who's every single year really, really good. But South Suburban got upset by Blackhawk College out of uh, Moline, and you know, we had already uh, played, you know, Blackhawk twice and, and did well against them. And, you know, we kind of had their number and, you know, we're really confident going into it. So, like anything, whether it's a, it's a player and I didn't realize it then or and realize it now as a coach, you know, it comes back to matchups come tournament time. And, and we were fortunate to get one that we felt good about and were able to extend our season and everything. And, you know, it, it was great. It was great. You know, it was, uh, you know, it's what you play for to, to be able to have the opportunity to play games, you know, at the end of the season. Coach, I think this is the first time that someone took the time and energy to hey, no problem do some at all. research on me. I, I, what, I just mentioned matchups and everything, and, and you go back in, in time and, and all that. And, 
you know, obviously you guys had the name change, but the logo still is the, still is the same. But, you know, 2016, you guys, we were, you know, when I was at Rock Valley, my last year as, as an assistant there, you know, we, we were fortunate enough to, you know, play in the Division Three Junior College National Tournament, win that event. We had, I mean, just a group of guys that, you know, like anything else, it's if you're going to win at the highest level, you, you usually have guys that you have no business really having there. And uh, I'll tell you, as we looked at certain things, the, the Davidson the – the Davidson uh, Community College. No, we didn't. We didn't want that matchup. Well, we've been okay. I'm biased. I think we would have been, but at the same time, you know, there's certain routes and certain styles of play. I mean, are you guys still getting up and down the floor at a uh, ridiculously frenetic pace that you guys that you guys did back then? You know, you mentioned your recruitment coming out of high school was you know somewhat non-existent. How many schools recruited you uh, during your two years? Of junior I mean, it was double? it was back to the NAI level. There was D twos, like East Coast D twos, and some. I mean, not the caliber of of say the MIAA or the GWC NSIC. I mean, like you know the, the schools. And I again, I won't I won't out names or anything like that. Just on the D two side of things, but it was it was schools that traditionally don't have a lot of success, and. um you know, they, it was more some phone calls sniffing around, you know, and I was, as I look at it, it was, you know, I was the name on a list of, of people that like, Hey, you know, he averaged double figures on a team that played in a national tournament. And, you know, if we don't get players, A, B, C, D, then, Hey, you know what, then this guy becomes more important, you know? And, and why do I know that now? It's like, well, that's, that's the world of college basketball and coaching at this level that you deal with. You got your guys that, you know, you'd, you'd, you'd give an arm to have and, and and then you got other guys that are down the list and then it comes full circle. And sometimes those guys that we recruited like crazy and, and didn't get and then they go someplace else and they're not very good. And then others that we overlooked or others that we may have gotten that we didn't recruit all that heavily now because like it's just it's it can be such a crapshoot sometimes this recruiting thing. Um, you know, the, primarily the schools recruiting me again, we're at the NAI level. A um, little bit, you know, the Harvard American Conference a little bit. And it was just, uh, you know, ones that had a little bit more financial resources and stuff. So I was able to, you know, up my stock a little bit, I guess, you know, relatively to what it was in high school. But, you know, it was something, the recruiting process, I was just, you know, it, it was one where I got very caught up in where I was going to go. You know, I've always been somebody on what's next i've always been some somebody that's like what's the next uh task to handle challenge to to take on um regardless if it was athletics or outside of athletics um so i mean i i had um, ended up committed to central methodist university in fayette missouri um you know and it was it, like it was the best two years of my life you know i met some of the best people in in uh in the world out there you know friends that i'm still close with to this day was was very fortunate to be uh given an opportunity to go out there. And it was, you know, one of those that I made a decision pretty darn early. You know, I didn't drag it out. I didn't, you know, oh, you know, tell people that I was, you know, going to make a decision in May and then July. And May, like, it didn't work that way. You know, there, there was no um, top 10 because there wasn't, you know, 10 schools recruit me like that. There's no top five in a IG live, uh, you know, decision that was made out and everything. But, you know, I was very fortunate to, to go, um, to school, continue my education, have that education paid for and, and, and go to a school with, with, you know, a strong tradition and a head coach that had been there for a long time. And, and, um, you know, an assistant coach that spent a lot of time and effort, uh, you know, recruiting me to that school. So it was, uh, I was real lucky to, to be in that situation. There was other guys on that roster that, 
you know, have more upside probably, you know, as freshmen, more talent, you know, a little taller, more athletic that um, didn't get that situation upon the end of their two years for whatever reason, you know what I mean? So it's, uh, you know, it, it's, it's tough, you know, to, to get a good opportunity to do things. And, and, you know, kids are finding out today more so than ever how um, few and far in between those quality opportunities can be just because of, you know, everybody getting their year back and their, the recruitment cycles and everything like that. It's just, it makes it really, really tough. So, um, you know, I was just, again, lucky when I saw something, I liked it, I visited it, it felt right. And I, you know, I pulled the trigger on it. You know, I didn't really waste a whole lot of time. Well, sounds like you made the right choice. You know, talk about when you realized that you wanted to be a coach and, uh, you know, when were you starting to put out feelers uh, for either a graduate assistant job or like a small college basketball assistant job? Sure. I think when I really realized how much I enjoyed coaching, um, I, I coached a, an AAU team out of uh, Northwest Indiana for my younger brother. He's five years younger than I am. And he was going into his sophomore year of high school, I believe. And I was going into my sophomore year of junior college. So when I was, they were putting the team together and they wanted somebody um, to coach their team. I was like, yeah, sure. I'll do it. You know, I'd love the game and, you know, I've never done something like this before. So let's see what it's all about. And, you know, I, remember being uh, and asking coach boss for some advice on it. he's like that will just you know with your practices and stuff hey you are not you know you have done this before just make sure you know you you, you write down some things and that uh, and have a, a plan going into practice I'm like okay so you know I remember sitting at my parents house and just scribbling down stuff all over the place and and then I look and I'm like holy, holy cow like this is you know I'm, I'm psyching myself out looking at this stuff but at the same time I'm looking at it like you know what like let's clean it up and let's do this and I remember going through the first practice we were we practiced at, uh you know Purdue University Calumet now it's Purdue University Northwest and uh in Hammond Indiana and I remember just loving it you know what I mean and Surely the, uh, you know, the instruction wasn't great at that point in, in, my, in my coaching career. And, but I was excited to be there and, and the guys were excited to get up and down and compete. And we, you know, we did that, played in a bunch of tournaments and, and, and it was a great time. You know, when I had, uh, um, I, I went uh, to Central Methodist and, you know, just I spent a lot more time around uh, the assistant coaching staff and the GAs, um, like after practice and things like on my way out the door and just, asking questions and stuff. And I was probably, you know, um, one of the thorns in their side, just trying to, you know, asking a hundred questions about stuff and, and, Oh, what you guys doing? Oh, that's a scout. Oh, you know, what are you guys using? Like all film exchange, you guys got to go drive. Oh, you guys got game tape exchange, you know, back then, you know, was the thing, but um, you know, just trying to figure it all out, seeing the recruit big board and how it kind of like, you know, it all, you know, I would say it all came full circle, but, you know, as I'm looking and seeing different names, like kids that came on campus to visit, kids that had played um, with our guys and everything. And then I'm like, oh, okay, I can see why he's at the top of the list. Oh, that makes sense, why he's down. You know, so I was just really intrigued to the whole process of it. So I, you know, would ask questions about it and figure out what's going on. Um, when I started applying to things, I was um, – you know, I was a uh, senior in college. I was student teaching. I was at Franklin uh, Middle School in, uh, um, in, in in Franklin, Missouri. And again, if, excuse me, New Franklin. There used to be Franklin, and there was a flood. 
or a rainstorm that flooded the river, the river flooded. They had some, you know, if, if anybody really cares that much, they can DM me and I can give them the whole backstory and all that and how it wiped out the town. But anyways, um, did my student teaching there and, um, you know, it was just like your prototypical guy on, on, on hoop dirt, just looking for an opportunity. I'm like, you know, I, it got uh, 10 semesters into my college life and I was like, ah, man, this student teaching stuff ain't a lot of fun. And, you know, I don't know if I want to be in the classroom, but I knew I wanted to coach. And, um, you know, Coach Buzz came back to me, my junior college coach, and was like, hey, you know, my alma mater, Rockford, Rockford College at the time, you know, they got a graduate posi- graduate assistant position open up. And and um, they're like, hey, I can get you in, in, in contact with their head coach. And, you know, I'm like, at the time, I'm like, yeah, absolutely. And, and the simple fact that, you know, that now we're just in the world of coaching, you know, as I look at it and, and if – there's somebody out there that's listening to this and um, they want an opportunity in the coaching game and somebody can get you in a direct contact to the head coach who is the decision maker above all else of the program, like be, be super appreciative of it and take that person up and represent that person who's putting that name out there, your name out there for you. Um, I didn't realize, Oh yeah, sure. You give me in touch with that coach, whatever, no big deal. Like, yeah, I would love to meet with this person. And, and, um, you know, I graduated from college uh, on a Saturday in May. And then that next Monday, I went from my parents' house in Northwest Indiana to Rockford and sat down, interviewed for the job. And, you know, just it seemed like it seemed like a good fit for their head coach. And he, he fort- fortunately for me, offered me a position that uh, it was it was 21 credits over a 12 month span. It was 19 meals a week. And I got to live in a dorm suite with other GAs for free. And I got, and after taxes, it was like, it was like $92 every two weeks. And that's a damn good position. I mean, there's others obviously that are better, but, you know, as I, you know, work with a group of great student assistants uh, over the course of many years and tried to help them with different stuff with GA positions and everything. You've talked to one of them, who's one of my all time favorite people and Justin Tuchek will, to check he had you know trying to get in these spots and you know they're asking me what my spot looked like and I was like yeah it was this 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 and this like well that's really good and I'm like yeah um, I was pretty I was pretty darn lucky to you know walk into a situation like that but you know that's it's part of everything in this this game you know it's meeting certain people certain people walking into your life for certain reasons uh getting a little bit lucky a lot of it's creating your own luck from there but shoot I had no idea what I was doing at that point in time you know none um you know I look back even on myself here and nine years in I look back at things that I did two years ago and laugh about it hopefully if I can last in this game 30 years 40 years whatever it ends up being I can look back every couple years prior to and just be like I'm glad I'm you know at least working to try and stay dynamic and change up on different things but uh but no it's uh you know learned it learned about it a little bit in junior college into my four-year you know experience got a little bit more so and then you know um yeah just just got just got lucky right place right time i guess now what level was rockford at the time if i'm not mistaken i think they're division three now they are they were division three then and they are division three now yeah so they've since transitioned to rockford university um it is a uh it is a nice campus on right off of state street in beautiful rockford illinois um was there for a year and then had um ended up being in Rockford in general for six years. So spent a majority of my coaching career up there. And, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's a great spot. I love how close it was um, to Northwest Indiana. So I can get home uh, for holidays and different stuff at two hours, a lot quicker than the nine hours I am right now. 
Um, but then just obviously a familiarity with, with the recruiting zones and everything too, with, um, you know, the Chicago land, Northwest Indiana, the suburbs of Chicago, um, Southern Wisconsin areas and all that. So it was good to at least have a familiarity with the lay of the land and, you know, where good teams are. Cause you know, where good teams are, that's where good players are too. So, um, you know, it was, uh, it just, just an awesome time up there. And, but yeah, it was division three. You, you really learned um, the amount of effort that you have to do in relationship based recruiting. I mean, at that point in time, the sticker price, it was about 37 grand uh, to go to school there. And, and, you know, just with no athletic aid, you know, yeah, there was other scholarships and things of that nature. Sure. But, um, you know, it was tough. It was tough, you know, where you go to other schools that were in league, um, you know, where, you know, they have other bells and whistles that at the time, you know, Rockford College didn't have, you know what I mean? So and when, like anything else, um, you know, you, chances are you're, you're recruiting against a lot of the same schools that you play against. So, yeah, it would make sense to, you know, to go to Benedictine in Lyle, Illinois, where they have a golf simulator, you know, inside of their arena and, and their, their game arena is immaculate. I mean, like or you go to an Aurora where their tradition of winning is unparalleled. So, I mean, it's just, at least in that conference at that point in time, you know, and, and it's, it's one of those things where, you know, you learn really quick if this is something that you want to do or if this is just the idea of it sounded cool, you know. So, um, but, yeah, I mean, as a GA, and I'll just try to get in where I can fit in and, and do things to help Ryan Rebson and his program out. And, uh, you know, again, it was – it was a great year, and I learned a ton from it. You know, Rock Valley College hires you. Uh, you know, you return to the JUCO level. How different was JUCO coaching from, or I would say the, the JUCO coaching experience from the JUCO uh, playing experience? I mean, I, I think the biggest thing was just my tra- – just still in a transition from, you know, being a, a college player into now being a, a, a college coach. You know what I mean? I was st- – did one year at uh, at Rockford College, then go to Rock Valley, and you know, is it, the personalities and stuff weren't really different. You know, it, at the end of the day, it's uh, when I was at Rock Valley College as an assistant coach, you know, it was a position, and it has since been improved like you know a ton. You know, their assistant position is like they've their pay for their assistant is like quadrupled since I've been there. Um, at the time, it was a three thousand dollars stipend assistant. Um, the only reason um, why it worked is and how it was able to work um, for some odd reason, our, our head coach at the time, um, Craig Doty worked for him now, current, current, uh, current boss and our head coach here at Emporia State. He uh, let me live with him for free because he understands the simple fact of college athletics that if you want to have a multi-layered program and give everything that you can to a group of guys, um, it's not a one person job and you need to have somebody that can be there all the time in an assistant or in multiple assistants. So um, that allowed me the opportunity to, you know, to be in the office throughout the day um, to be able to do player development and things. And it really just came down to, you know, how, how, how do we get what we're trying to instill as a program, you know, into these guys in, in every facet of what we do, whether it's, it's study hall, whether it's player development, whether it's practice, it's, how are we getting across our teaching points to make sure that they're becoming the player they need to be? And more importantly, the, the student, more importantly, on top of that, the, the person that they need to be. Um, the biggest adjustment for me um, from Rockford College, where there was head coach, assistant coach and me, um, was now there was head coach. Um, there was another assistant at the time who was, who, um, was a retired high school coach, Steve Gores, 
um, incredible basketball mind. Um, but again, he was there for practices and for games, whereas, you know, I would be there, you know, for the academic monitoring and different things like that, you know? So it was, it was one of those type things where I got to, and was very fortunate for it to have the opportunity to wear a million hats and, and millions, obviously an exaggeration, but I had to do a lot of different. I mean, I had to walk kids to financial aid to make sure that they were getting their verification forms. in. I had to make sure, you know, that, that guys were getting to class on time by doing classroom checks. I had to put the bigs through player development workouts. I had to um, do film exchange, which is a, which back then it was like, like here, like at our level, we were, you know, synergy, you know, and a lot of people make the transition. It's, it's getting there. Um, but like back then we didn't have, we didn't have synergy for, for us. So I'd be meeting the likes of John Pagotti in, in all the parking lots at uh, South or in South Holland, Illinois, like it was a darn drug deal. And we're sitting there like, Hey, you got my stuff. And I'd, he'd roll down his window and I'd drop five DVDs in there and, and he'd hand me another four and, and I would be on my way and, and drive, you know, 90 minutes back to, you know, to, to Rockford to do what we needed to do and, and prepare for games. So, you know, the, the difference in experience more than anything else was it wasn't really the transition from player to coach. It was just the transition of um, having having so many more responsibilities, um, having to learn how to manage all of that. And, and as well, not only manage the time within it, but but to do the task at a level that's going to be conducive to winning a lot and helping these guys win a lot. And it was it was great, you know, and, and for the first month or so, or first, first month, first semester, you know, it was, you know, it was challenging. There's no question about it. I think it's always challenging to a point. Um, but, you know, after that first semester went down and, and, and really got comfortable with um, how things need to be in order to be streamlined within what we're doing, then, you know, obviously it's, uh, um, it got better from there and got more comfortable from there. Gotcha. Now, now coach, you mentioned that, you know, Coach Doty let you live at his place. Obviously, you're not making a whole lot of money. What what other kind of side hustle did you have to do just so you could put food on the table and not, uh, you know, live on the dollar menu? <laughs> well, I, I did do plenty of uh, dollar menu living. I mean, Coach Doty was great. You know, he was, uh, at the time, um, a single male. And he had um, he had his son with him. So he was, he was cooking and doing different stuff. So he... He, 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 he took good care of me. You know, he always has. And, um, you know, I, I worked camps in the summertime, uh, Midwest League Basketball, um, you know, a company that he had co-owned and co-founded along with Brad Schmidt, who was the, uh, the head coach at Central Wyoming College. And the money that I made over the summertime, I, I tried to be smart with it and stretch it out as much as I could. You know, God, I'm blessed with a great set of parents. Um, I think um, one thing that this um, – this industry, I mean, well, this industry has taught me more than I could ever be thankful enough for um, how great of parents that I have, um, you know, parents and, and, you know, who bring you into this world and everything come in all different, uh, you know, types of people, you know what I mean? Just because someone gave you life doesn't necessarily mean that they're your mom or your dad and so on and so forth. And, and, you know, as I look at whether it's the guys we worked with or is at Emporia State or at Rock Valley or Rockford College or my time as a player, you know, not everybody has, has been fortunate enough um, to have a support system back home. And my parents who, you know, were there for me when I needed, you know, a, a little bit of a, a pick me up in terms of financial stuff and things. But, you know, it was just just little things on the side, lessons for high school kids, middle school kids and just just doing different odds and ends. But I was, you know, for for as much as I worked 
um, you know, to stay afloat. I also had other people around me that, uh, you know, made sure that, that I was taken care of and, and that I could, you know, chase something that I was passionate about and do something that I loved. Coach, your first season at RBC, you know, you guys win the 2013-2014 uh, you know, national championship. When did you guys realize that you had a national championship caliber program uh, that season? You know, that's a really good question. I think that uh, we really realized it. And, and, and it's, it's interesting because the region at that time, Joliet was really strong. And Joliet um, and Rock Valley would go, I mean, just the scores in that year were so close. And, um, you know, we got out there. We, we won our first round game. Um, I, we played a team out of New York, and I, for the life of me, can't remember wasn't Hostos. It might have been Hostos. I don't remember. But anyways, we played a team out of there. And, and, and honestly, like, we had two really, really talented players on that team, Jared Mays and LT Davis. And um, Jared struggled in that game, and LT was incredible. And, uh, you know, we got through that first round. And then the second round, you know, Jared and LT were both clicking. And then we got to the championship game and we were down by eight and, you know, we're like, and, and we, we were right there and in the thick of things. And, you know, as you look back on it, it's like, yeah, we could have folded and like, Hey, it's a great year. National runner up program's never done this. And, you know, I, I don't think it was really until we, we won it that year. I mean, we had a lot of confidence in our group, but if you look at our talents um, and that 2013, 14 team, we were probably the fourth or fifth most talented team there, you know? And, it was it was one of those things where where we made up that gap was in toughness and togetherness and culture and guys um, really doing the things that that you know our staff wanted um, them to do. Um, it was a whole different feel than our fifteen sixteen team. Our fifteen sixteen team, we went into it and and we're like yeah, like that year we also had picked up a couple big time wins. I mean we had beaten uh, we had beaten Vincennes on the road, we beaten Indian Hills on the road, and and obviously those teams are incredible but um you know we went into that tournament at the d3 juco level in 15 16 we're like if we don't win this 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 season has been a bust like there's no question about it and it like it was i, I don't know to answer your question and go back to it 13 14 i i don't know i mean we, we had a special team we won a ton of games um you know i felt like we were the best team in the country after we had won the title uh, because that's hey, we're the national champions, right? Uh, whereas in 15, 16, it was a whole different vibe just with that group of guys. There was a lot of guys that have um, been part of that uh, 13, 14 team as a red shirt. There was a lot of guys in the following year where we had, you know, um, believe it or not, you know, we were we were down eight and then we were up eight um, in a uh, in a tournament game, up double digits in the second half against Richland um, at the Metro Dallas area in, 15, or in 14, 15. We ended up losing that game. So there was a lot of guys, whether being red shirts or guys taking a gap year between 13, 14 and 15, 16, where it was a lot of the same faces of people that have either a been a part of winning the whole thing or getting all the way to the championship game and losing. So when we got to that 15, 16 team, the collection of guys was I'm talking laser focus. I mean, no bad practices, guys holding each other accountable, like, our job as coaches were pretty darn easy. Coach Doty called sets. He made subs. I made sure I watched watched the film and taught the guys 
and uh, about personnel and, and what the other team was doing, you know, to, to the best of my abilities. And, and after that, we just kind of got out of the way because they, they were pretty self-motivated and just a, a talented group of dudes that really just, um, you know, they got it, you know what I mean? And they, they just understood what, what we wanted to do and how we wanted to do it and, and what needed to be done in order to get to where we wanted to be. Uh, that certainly helps. You know, everyone wants a winner. Did more coaches start to recruit your players when the win total kept increasing? Yes, yes. And, I mean, it wasn't we, – we had a couple guys each year, um, whether it was my three years as an assistant or two years as, as a head coach then in Rock Valley. That's, um, you know, what we, what we did and what we went through, um, you know, there was more schools that came out the world work each year. Um, the other thing that happens is the more games that you win, the more um, quality of recruit that you get into. Like there, like that, those 13, 14 teams, you know, the 13, 14 team at Rock Valley and what was able to be done in 15, 16 has helped show recruits up until this point right now, one of my best, best friends in the world, Tyler Bradoff's head coach there. And it's like the pedigree and the tradition was established you know, back then with, with coach Doty's teams and, you know, it was, it was something that was real special, you know, and, and the recruitment side of things definitely heated up. You know, we had a lot of guys um, that, and, and I, I think our niche more than anything else was, was just NAI and D2 guys. I think though, like guys that were bona fide, um full ride type guys at that level. Those were the guys that, um, ended up getting recruited to at that level. We, every year we had, you know, division one sniffed around and everything. We didn't have anybody um, in the course of those four years uh, that coach Doty was there, which was also three years. I was an assistant there. And then the two years I was a head coach there, we didn't have anybody that, that picked up a division one offer. There's a couple guys that absolutely had uh, multiple division one opportunities had they had, you know, academically or their semester, their clock, everything like that. Um, but, you know, the recruitment stuff definitely picked up. I mean, something that we definitely did a lot of, um, you know, especially my two year, my last two years at, at Rock Valley is um, recruiting email um, out to four-year coaches. And one thing I really tried to do, you know, we made our highlights, we did all that stuff, um, but we just tried to eliminate fluff. You know, it's like, hey, here's who he is. This is where he's from. This is what his phone number is. This is how many semesters and transferable hours he has. Will he graduate? Yes or no. And then we just put down like bullet points, like three or like, he's good at this, this, and this, he struggles with this. Here's the film. If you want anything else, holler at me. You know, you want transcripts, holler at me. And we had a lot of luck with that. You know, not only with our guys that would have undoubtedly been recruited at that level eventually, um, but also for the guys that maybe, you know, because we did have some talented teams that didn't get as much run as others or didn't have as much film or statistics as others that we were able to then, you know, help those guys too. Cause I mean, if, the junior college level, you want to compete for national championships. You want to move guys on to the next level. You can do that stuff. Uh, you you will always have players. You know, it's a, it's very much at that level of what have you done for me lately type thing. And, you know, I think more powerful, I'm potentially more powerful than, than winning games and, and winning championships is, you know, kids seeing, you know, hey, here's so-and-so who's an All-American. He moved on you know, to this university. Hey, he was all league. Oh, here, here's a kid that didn't even really pan out to being what I thought he could be, but he's still taken care of and is in any high school and his tuition is being paid for. And and I think that's a lot of things, you know, with, with what we were able to do at the junior college level is we, we would take a lot of guys 
um, who didn't have a lot of opportunities out of high school to, to get their school paid for. They bought into the program at Rock Valley College. And then from there, you know, then they were able to, to, to move on and hopefully take some of the things that we taught and instilled in them to, to have the success that, um, that they did moving forward. The next season, you guys are ranked number one, uh, you know, from start to finish preseason until the final poll of the, you know, NJCAA Division III uh, basketball. You know, along the way, you guys broke several school records, uh, you know, 31-4 and four that season. Uh, you guys played the national championship game for the, the second consecutive season. You know, how did it feel to be the hunted rather than be the hunter? You know, it was it was good. I mean, I think with what was going on the year before and how many games we were able to win and, and you know, we felt that the entire year, you know, and it was – you know, you get to the national tournament and then, you, you know, you're not having to adjust your schedule for three days. As long as you win, you're playing at seven o'clock every single night. And, um, you know, it's something that's, that's pretty darn sweet, you know? So, I mean, at the end of the day, like there's, we expected the best out of our guys every time. And because of what we were able to do that year and the year prior to like, yeah, we expected everybody else to, to give us everything that they had as well, you know? So, I, I think that, you know, at the time, I didn't really think too much about it. I know Coach Doty didn't either. I think, you know, we're, we're both process-oriented individuals. Um, I know for myself, as I look at things, it's just like, hey, we just need to go do as good as we possibly can um, each and every possession, do our job each and every possession. I mean, it's 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 a weird game. You know, you can – mess up an assignment and, and defensively and someone misses a shot. And okay. Yeah, that's great. They miss. And then you can guard something perfectly and you can bait them into shooting a contested 17 footers. The shot clock's expiring and they hit it. And that possession would like mathematically isn't great, you know, but, uh, but, you know, in, in theory that it is, you know, just cause that's what you want to give up. If that's, you know, what, what our philosophy was at the time and still is today. But, you know, as far as Hunter versus hunted, I mean, it's, I don't know. I mean, I don't read too much into that. You know, I, I just try and focus on, you know, making sure that, that our guys do their job each and every possession. That was the same thing back then. And, and as I look at it now, you know, and, and, and looking back on it, it's like, that's what we were just trying to do then too. You know, now I just have words for it and it's process oriented and doing what you need to do and handle the business and doing your job and, and all those other cliche statements that, in fact, are very, very important in, in order to foster winning. What was the biggest difference between those two teams those first two years uh, when you on staff? The, the difference between 13-14 and 14-15, Coach? Yes. Um, I think the biggest difference is that there was a couple guys on our 13-14 team that were – just your your traditional tough guys that hey if they might hit a couple shots they might you know score in transition but like they're going to defend they're going to rebound they're going to make sure that you know the the LT Davises and the Jared Maces and Elijah Williamses of the world um, are getting the ball when they need to get the basketball like they were so mission focused on what needed to be done. And those guys, you know, I mean, it, it was just unparalleled. It's not to say that the next year that we didn't have guys that were focused and didn't have guys that were tough, but that 13-14 team just had this like, hey, if you're going to hit me in the mouth, you, you better knock me out. Like, if you're going to hit me in the mouth, then you like, come on, try it again. Like, it was just 
it was just a special group in terms of collective toughness and, and, and everybody. Like that was that was the difference. I'd say even that 13, 14 team might even be tougher than the 15, 16 team. Like I, I you know, I, again, I'm sure if I'm sitting in a room with all of them and uh, people would beg to differ, you know, everybody does. Basketball debates are are outstanding to 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 watch, not necessarily be a part of, but uh, um, it's one of those things that. Um, you know that that thirteen fourteen team though, uh, that that was just such a tough group of guys, and and just the the togetherness and the buy in factor was at a ridiculously all time high. Coach, when were you able to earn your master's degree from Fort Hayes? I was able to earn my master's degree from Fort Hayes. So let's let's backtrack here a little bit. So in twelve thirteen, I uh, I completed fifteen eighteen credits, something like that. At um, at Rockford, and then I transferred six of those over to um, to Fort Hayes State. You know, I, I did the uh, mature thing and and, and sought out, uh, you know, uh, inexpensive and, inf- and affordable, um, you know, higher level education online. So I, the first semester, without well, I was at Rock Valley, I was in spring of 2013. I didn't take any classes, or excuse me, that was fall of 2013. Fall of 2013, didn't take any classes. Um, I just uh, wanted to get a grip for what Coach Doty wanted and kind of the workload and workflow that I need to be at in order for us to be successful. Um, but then I started taking classes again, which would have been the spring 2014 semester, and I graduated summer of 2015. So once I got back into it, you know, that was something that when I made the decision to leave the midway through my, you know, between season one and season two, my graduate assistant uh, position at Rockford, you know, my dad was adamant. He's like, yeah, like, hey, you can do this. Like, it's your life and stuff. He's like, but don't put yourself in a situation where you, you start your master's degree and you don't finish it because you'll regret that. And, you know, he was right. And, you know, I took a semester off and then I, I got right back to it. And then, you know, it was the spring 2014, summer 2014, uh, fall 2014, spring 2015. And lastly, summer 2015, I I finished it up. So after that one semester break, I didn't take any more breaks after that and, and wrapped it all up. And, and, you know, Hey, it's cool. Four days state. Awesome. Thank you, for, you know, for the opportunity. It was great to have a degree from there. And then, you know, fast forward what three years and we get to play a game at the gross Memorial Coliseum, which is awesome. And, you know, officially um, step foot on the campus. That's uh, that I quote unquote went to virtually. So I, I did go to virtually, but quote unquote went to if so, um, but yeah, it was, um, you know, it, it was a good program. I learned a lot. I loved how it was um, very much about whatever you wanted it to be. What I mean by that is, you know, everything was about leadership, but like I didn't, I wrote about leadership within coaching within an athletic department within, um, you know, leading, you know, student athletes where other people were talking about stuff within the air force or the uh, media communications team. So it was very um, concept based and, you know, it was, it was honestly a really strong program and, you know, I definitely, you know, enjoyed my time doing it, but was absolutely thrilled when I was done with it. That makes sense. You know, you get you guys again have a phenomenal season that third year, thirty three and three. You knock off some Division One and Division Two JUCO teams. Um, you know, when did you have the idea that Coach Doty might be uh, courted and, and might be willing to accept? Uh, another job uh, elsewhere it's only a matter of time I mean it's it's one of those things when 
you know, he won as much as he did at that level. And that's one, you know, it's, it's, it's just a matter of time, you know, it, what level would he jump to? Would it be to a division one junior college and AI, whatever, you know, it's again, you know, from division three, Juco, people aren't jumping to the division two or division one ranks, at least not as a head coach. I mean, this stuff doesn't happen, you know, uh, but uh, you know, just watching, you know, how much success that was had. I mean, in the last three years, um, 13, 14, 14, 15, and 15, 16. I mean, the team was 94 and 12, you know, and it was one of those where um, at some point in time, you know, and I know he felt like that as a head coach as I did as an assistant, um, you know, it was just time for another challenge, you know what I mean? And, and, and mine was like, yeah, it's time for another challenge. But it's also time to, you know, hopefully get into a position uh, where, where I'm, I'm not – living with my boss and making $3,000 from the school, you know, and, and not having a benefits package and all that. So, um, you know, I, I think that even after that 14, 15 season, like it was, it was just a matter of time. If you spend time with coach Doty, you know, he's, uh, you know, somebody that, uh, you know, can sell snow to an Eskimo, you know what I mean? Like, and, 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 and actually deliver the snow too. like, you know, it's not, you know, false promises and things, but it's, um, it's one of those things where, it was just a matter of time. It was just a matter of, 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 of an opportunity opening up and the stars kind of aligning. And, you know, after that 15, 16 season, it, it did, you know, and it was, uh, yeah, just kind of, everybody kind of, kind of left for a minute. And then, and then I came back very shortly thereafter. And, you know, it was just, yeah, it was well, that, that, you know, right after the final four in 2016 was, uh, was a, a wild, wild situation. So how it all kind of played out and, just once again, just being fortunate for everything. So, now, coach, was it kind of a coach and waiting situation, or was there talk of you going with him? And then finally, you know, if it wasn't a coach and waiting, uh, you know, how nervous were you with a you know a national coaching search? Well, here's what happened, and, it, and it's just a really you know it's it's an interesting deal on on how that that month of april into early may really played out so um back in 2016 final four houston you know and, and coach coach doty knew was like yo like it's time for you to go there's nothing else you can do here really as an assistant and you know it's time for me to go and it was one of those things where you know coach doty throughout his time at rock valley had interviews at other places and they had asked me they're like well, hey, coach, would, would you be interested in being the head coach? And at that time, I was like, no, like I'm uh, a strength of mine right now as an assistant is I have no ties to anywhere and, and I can go anywhere and, and I'm be pretty darn flexible. And like if there's going to be a time to try and climb this ladder as much as I possibly can early in my career, you know, the time's now. Like what else is there to do here? You know, at Rock Valley, like there, there's, you know, at the same time, there's student athletes all over the country that, you know, need someone to help them. So um, when we went to that final four in Houston, you know, I, I bumped into a couple, um, coaching buddies and things that, you know, come back to some of, uh, the emails and exchanges and helping kids get to the scholarship level. I mean, it was coached that from, uh, from players that didn't even go to those universities that were just like, Hey, you know, a buddy of mine has a assistant coaching position open and it was St. Joseph's college. And we'll, I'll get to what happened with St. Joseph's college. Uh, if, if you don't know, uh, but, uh, I had um, met with Coach Tom Church, who's now the head coach of Tiffin in Ohio. Um, really hit it off, good situation. 
go back to the state of Indiana. I'm an Indiana guy, so it, you know a lot of it makes sense. Um, go visit campus, meet with him. You offer me the position, I accept it. You know, it was just time. Um, you know, would make a little bit more money. Would uh, you know have uh, you know benefits back? Like it, it was just the right scholarship level Division two basketball, which is incredible. So I was ready to roll. Um, you know, I left and and you know left on good terms. The AD at Rock Valley at the time, Mr. Opat. You know, um, it, it was good. You know, everything was good with her, and and it was um, one of those things where I'd been around so much and so involved and in in afforded the opportunity to you know, do a lot of different things. You know, I'd earned earn the stripes not only of her, um, but the other head coaches in the department who I still have really good relationships with. Um, just awesome people over there, Rock Valley. Um, but I went to St. Joseph's, was there for about three weeks. And um, Coach Doty called and he's like, well, hey, you want to come to Graceland? And I'm like, no, not in particular. Why? And he goes, well, I'm the new head coach there. And I'm like, well, that's crazy. And uh, he told me he was interviewing and stuff and he wasn't quite sure and this and that at the time, you know, and he called me and, and, and I'm like, well, you know, the position's about the same financially. I, you know, I want to be scholarship division two, this and that, like, Hey, you know, it's, it, it seems like it's a good, he's like, okay, no, that's fine. Like, but now you're going to have to answer to Misty and all right. They did, you know, Misty Opad at Rock Valley. Cause she's going to call you and um, you know, she, she's going to offer you the head coaching job. And I'm like, Okay, so sure enough, she did call later on that day, and then, you know, I slept on it that night, and, you know, part of it was, you know, I just wanted to do something different, you know what I mean, time to go someplace else and do something different with uh, with that, but um, talked to a couple co- coaching friends, and at the end of the day, like, you know, it was something that I was there for and helped build, and, and now I get a chance to, you know, move over and, and call the shots and everything like that as the head coach, and you know, the one thing I've learned from going from assistant to head back to assistant, like it's, you know. You know, coach, what other additional hats did you wear? Well, Rock Valley um, in addition to coaching? when I became the head coach there, you know, it was the, it's the head coaching of men's basketball slash sports coordinator and sports coordinator. Every head coach has a, has one of those titles there. And it can be as as much or as little as as it's decided upon. So, um, one of the hats I wore was I was uh, I worked in the fitness lab, um, and and notice I didn't call it a weight room. It is a weight room, but it's the fitness lab because it's that a lot of classes within the fitness, wellness, and sports department. Um, they are, you know, having a lab in there essentially, which most people just call working out. Um, anyway, so I'm, I'm in the fit lab from seven to 9 AM Monday through Friday. And, um, on Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays, there's a program called the golden Eagles and the golden Eagles would, um, they, they, it's a group of people, um, older people that would come in and exercise as part of a program. And, and, you know, so I would help spot, I would, uh, you know, when classes would be in there on Tuesday and Thursday mornings, I'd spot, you know, people on the bench and, correct form on different things and you know just basically just helped out where the instructors uh needed um that was one of the responsibilities um another responsibility was i was in charge of um building academic class schedules for not only men's basketball but other sports programs on campus too um which again that that wasn't uh all too difficult you know from being there for three years and knowing which professors um you know, athletic friendly and other professors that may or may not want to work as much with somebody 
that um, might be a little bit tougher to bring along. So again, you know, it's, I'm not saying anything that uh, any college coach has never felt before in the past. So um, it helps people put in class schedules to get them on track towards getting their AS or their AA. And then uh, the last thing I was is I was the SID for the department as well. So um, updating rosters, updating schedules, and boy, am I thankful that um, I don't have to do that right now <laughs> in, in, in this this day and age with all the cancellations <laughs> here. I mean, as if you know, as these spring these outdoor sports here for Emporia State, man, like as if COVID and protocols aren't enough. Now you got to worry about you know, rain and, and shooting Kansas, it could snow tomorrow. Who knows? It's nice now, but Kansas weather is, is, is about as unpredictable as the stock market. I mean, it's crazy, but, um, but no, when I uh, wrote all the website articles, post-game recaps, um, things of that nature, updating uh, scores and everything, and just, just making sure everything on the, the back end of Presto sports um, was, uh, excuse me, Presto does Juco on NJCW. We did sidearm. So on sidearm, we would, uh, do do all the things that we need to do to 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 have our nice website looking uh looking up to up to par. So coach in your first season as head coach you went twenty three and nine, advanced to the regional championship game. You know, do you think that difficult scheduling was taken into account uh by the voters and national um, polls? You know, I think so. I mean I think some of it was was based on on pedigree of program. I think once you build something to a certain point in time, like um, you, it really looks a certain way um, that, again, people want to respect that, you know, and as far as um, level of competition and, and things like that, you know, as I, as I look and I'm even, I'm, I'm sitting here at my computer, and I'm going to actually pull up some of the games to play. Cause I know like one thing, like coach Doty was huge on it. And I still am huge on it now. Like we're just, we're just not going to play a bunch of games against non-members. Now, will there be some on there? Yep, there there are a few blood pressure games on there, which are scheduled to hopefully be a win. Um, but again, you know, as we look at some of these teams that we played, you know, early on, I mean, um, you know, South Suburban, who's absolutely loaded every single year, national tournament team. We had Indian Hills at our place, um, Kankakee, which is a, a Division One program. Macomb was really, really good. Um, Kishwaukee was a nationally ranked team at that time. Ancilla was a nationally ranked team at that time. Um, and, and you just look on down the line. I mean, there was, there was a lot of teams that we had played and, and that were ranked that were receiving votes that did make national tournaments and things. And the other thing that was tough too, is, I mean, as you look at that team in 16, 17, you know, that transition from 15, 16, you know, top four leading scorers all graduated, you know, LT Davis was, National Player of the Year and a first team All American, he was gone. You know, that's that's you know, seventeen point nine points a game. Um, Elijah Williams, uh, All American as well. You know, that's sixteen points and seven point four rebounds a game, and that's and that's before other supplementary pieces that can really really go. You know, so I mean, when we look at that group and and you know, twenty three and nine, and then what we had, you know, it, um, you know, it was it was it was a strong team. It really was. You know, and and one thing that was tough um, for me personally is you know how we finished in the three years prior and where we were at, you know, with teams moving forward, you know, that, that was the first year in, in 16, 17 of really having, you know, there were some guys that were on that 15, 16 team in 16, 17, but they were primarily guys that were, that were in a supplementary role. They stepped up and did a great job um, when they got their opportunity. But again, it was just, there wasn't as much continuity in the roster, you know, guys, had, you know, finally graduated and finally moved on and stuff. And, you know, 
it was one of those things where it was uh, becoming to be a new look and, and new faces and names um, within the program. And, 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 you know, it definitely, you know, it had its moments of being stressful. And then at the same time, it was one of those where, you know, we could do whatever we want to in the regular season. When it comes down to the region, like a lot of the value was placed on, you know, how we did in that, uh, in that last game, you know, how, how did we do, is a program in, in the region championship. If we didn't make it out of the region championship in my eyes, the season was a failure, not the guys, not moving people on, not the academics. There's still tons of stuff that was so successful about the year, but the season just wasn't how we had planned it out to be. And that's just kind of the, uh, the cutthroat mentality that, you know, I wanted to be. And, and quite frankly, if I'm going to continue to do this, like, you know, and this might sound bad, like, it's it's nothing's going to be good enough you know what i mean like there there's always ways that we can improve there's always ways that we can get better there's always ways that we can uh strive to just do more um, both uh both individually and collectively as a group so um i know i kind of went a little bit all over the place on that one but but no i think again with with what we were able to accomplish in the past and in our difficulty of schedule you know i think that definitely gets taken uh taken into consideration because we we weren't even if the team wasn't that great, they were still an NJCAA school. I mean, we weren't we weren't playing um, any teams that were cupcakes. You know, as I look, as I honestly, as I look through this whole that whole season, um, yeah, we didn't play one non-member that year. So I mean, it's you know, and, and great, awesome. You know, that's at the end of the day, you know, it is what it is, and how it ended up is how it ended up. But uh, I definitely think the tough schedule helped prepare us for things. We didn't uh, end up finishing the way we wanted to, but. Hey, it's college basketball, you know, and that's, that's the way it goes. There's a lot of good players on every program, and, and if you don't show up, you can get beat. It's as simple as that. As a head non, coach, for your non-negotiables. You know, three non-negotiables that, uh, that I had as a head coach uh, were showing up early. Uh, don't be a punk, and uh, you got to get things done. You know, when I was the head coach at Rock Valley College, you know, we didn't have a, a crazy long rule book. Um, we don't have a crazy long rule book at, uh, at Emporia State either. You know, it's really more uh, standards, um, trying to teach guys the right way to act as opposed to don't do this, don't do that, must do this, must do that. You know, it's really trying to get guys to, to figure out how the world works and, and how to navigate through that in order to find success. Um, they're all pretty simple, um, showing up early. I mean, it doesn't matter if it's to class, if it's to practice, if it's to weights, if it's to film, um, you know, if it's to the office, you know what I mean, for, for you know, myself or other staffers. You got to show up early. You got to be ready to work. Um, I think when you show up early, it shows your intentions. It shows that, uh, that you're ready in mind, body, and spirit to, to, to get things done. Uh, don't be a punk. You know, that, one's, that one's pretty darn self-explanatory too. Um, you know, you, you don't want... Uh, to be a distraction to the team. You don't want to be a distraction to the classroom. You, you want to make sure um, that you can accept constructive criticism um, on your work, whether it be um, an assignment, a paper, um, in an individual workout session. You know, you, you, you got to be ready. You know, stand up straight, um, look the teacher, look the coach in the eye, uh, be ready to work. You know what I mean? It, it's one of those things that, you know, certain habits that, that, that you have at this age, if they're not corrected, and, and you learn from them, then, you know, you, you're going to be a punk when you head off into the workforce. You know, you're going to be a punk when you're having, you know, your relationship with your significant other or raising your kids. Like, you, you don't want to do that. 
Um, a lot of these things carry over from one part of your life to another. So, you know, I think it's important that, you know, when, when you're showing up to one of our practices, uh, you know, when you're showing up to one of our film sessions, you know, you're ready to roll. You know, you're ready to learn. You're ready, um, again, to, to accept the truth. You know what I mean? We're not a crazy in your face, yell, scream, say square words and stuff like that. That's just not us. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, you can't be a punk if you want to um, if you want to survive not only college basketball, but in the real world. You know, you just can't you just can't. And the last thing is getting things done. Uh, you know, I, people say work hard. You know what I mean? I think um, although not everybody works hard, you know, working hard is pretty self-explanatory. But getting things done, you know, every, everybody can work hard. Not everybody can get things done. I think, uh, you know, it, it's it's setting out tasks in which to do, you know, showing up to practice, for example, and getting things done. You know, what does that mean? You know, it, it's it's not just working hard and, and not executing. It's not just working hard. Oh, I worked really hard on that rotation, but my timing was bad. My closeout angle was poor. Like, no, we need to get things done in a sense that's conducive to winning. And, and that that's both on and off the court. You know, I, I don't want to show up to the office and, and, and just work hard. You know, that that's that's not going to get things done for us. You know, it, we got to accomplish tasks every single day and, 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 and continue to make sure that we're getting better each and every day because of it, because there's a trickle down effect that happens with that. You know, in, in my time at Rock Valley, you know, if I felt like I was getting things done and our staff felt like that they were getting things done, it, it rubs off on the guys. That stuff like that is contagious. It's the same thing with positive and negative energy. If you want to be positive in a practice setting, you know, chances are you're going to get those vibes in return. You know, if you want to come in and, and, and be negative, whether it be a player or a coach in a practice setting, then, then, that's often going to be what's reciprocated. But, you know, as far as non-negotiables, you know, you got to show up early. You, know, you can't be a punk. Um, and uh, you, you got to get things done because if you don't, somebody else will. Besides the opportunity to reunite with Coach Doty, what made the jump to Emporia State as an assistant uh, you know, the no, it's, right move it's after time for a new challenge once again, head coach. You know what I mean? And, and granted, like, well, you can say, you know, well, Evan, you know, you, you didn't win a national championship as a head coach. That's correct. Um, one of the biggest things I was tired, I was tired of placing my whole value as a coach uh, on a season on one weekend of the year. Like that, that, that wore me out. You know, it just did. And, and, and more importantly than that, I just wanted a chance once again to try and climb the ladder. You know what I mean? And the MIAA is, is as good as it gets in division two when i was a coach at the D, at the junior college level um every d2 coach that called in um would be like oh well we're the best division two conference in the country and i'm like okay yep no that sounds good and 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 would listen to that like no like the miaa is the best division two conference in the country um you know i'm proud to be on a staff in this league it's 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 a great league there's um, very, very good coaches and even better players and guys that are just incredibly talented, you know, and um, it, it, any game that you can go into, you can win. Any game you can go into and you can just get absolutely worked. Um, but no, the biggest the biggest thing for me, though, was, was just a new opportunity, you know what I mean? And it was just, you know, I spent six years of my life in Rockford, you know, it was just, it was time to try something new, um, you know, and, and help people out at a different level and work with a different caliber of player and be at a scholarship level, you know, division three junior college, no scholarships here were fully funded. So, I mean, there's a plethora of reasons, um, you know, professionally, um, you know, other reasons personally, where it's just, Hey, it's just time 
to try something new. And it, it seemed like the perfect, uh, perfect opportunity at the time. I still believe it's the perfect opportunity right now. And, and, um, you know, it was just, you know, when it's time, it's time. You know, you just have that gut feeling and the stars aligned once again. And, and it was one of those things where it was like, hey, you know, it, it's time to try something new and, and see um, what it's all about. And as I look back in hindsight three years ago, almost, you know, here to, to that decision, I, you know, appreciated my time at Rock Valley. I wish everybody at Rock Valley nothing but the best. And, you know, I, I definitely feel like I made the right decision coming to Emporia State University to, to be an assistant coach. Coach, you know, you talk about new challenges. Um, you know, obviously the team, you know, in the last 10 years has had one winning season, which, you know, just from talking to you, I can tell, you know, that that excites you every day, is, you know, to really flip the script. You know, I noticed you have a lot of JUCO players on your roster, or, you know, a number of them. Do you think you and Coach Doty being quote-unquote JUCO guys uh, – you know, we'll, we'll always have you know, a soft spot for recruiting JUCO players. I think players. so. And, and I think more so than JUCO players, it comes back to JUCO programs. Um, not every Division One program same. Not every Division Two program is the same. You can say that for any level of college basketball, which obviously includes junior college. Um, you know, junior college get a bad rap among some staffs. I don't know why. Um, junior college in its entirety is outstanding. You know what I mean? Like, it's – I think that as we looked through and, and looked at the pandemic and everything that went through and how they handled their situation at the junior college level with the wait and see approach, like people at the yep. junior college, level, I'm sure they are, but people in the junior college level should be yep. very proud of, of how their administration went about everything. Like, I think that it was just very appropriate given the unknown. I mean, and, and nobody knew what we were getting ourselves into. We're all fortunate to be having a season right now and, so many people, I mean, across all levels have done so much um, to ensure opportunities, you know, in our game for student athletes, um, you know, but as I, as I, as I look at things as us being necessarily Juco guys, you know, I mean, we, we want to be guys that recruit Juco programs, you know what I'm saying? And, and where we know that things are being run a certain way, you know what I mean? And, and, and again, it's where certain, um, expectations are had of them every single day. There's an expectation to go to class, you know, where, you know, it's, it, again, not all programs are the same. And I'll just say it how it is. You know, some, some coaches don't hold the players as accountable as others. Um, you know, some don't run a style of offense that's similar to ours or style of defense that's similar to ours. That's okay. You know, but when we look for guys that are at the junior college level, we want to make sure, you know, that, that not only are they, they hyper talented, but at the same time, they, they check boxes, you know, on a character standpoint. And also, you know, like junior, junior college, let's talk about junior college guys having a bad rap. Because I think of our junior college guys in our program, they're, they're, they're incredible. They're awesome human beings. The people that are, are, are loved around campus and, and loved by administration, everything like that. They're great. Um, you know, will I always look to junior college players to recruit? Absolutely. You know, does that mean we'll necessarily sign junior college players every single year? Absolutely not. You know what I mean? Like anything else, it's, uh, comes down to fit, comes down to need, comes down to, you know, um, what those guys want at this moment. If, if, if where their timeline aligns with ours in terms of the recruiting process and, and, and where's we assess our roster needs. Sure. Um, but, um, but no, it's it, being a Juco guy. I'm proud to say that I played Juco. I'm proud to say that I coached Juco, you know what I mean? And, and there's definitely something to be said about, you know, guys that have to go a little bit different of a path um, to get to a point uh, to, you know, 
getting to the ultimate culminating experience of their college career, and that's that's getting a bachelor's degree. Coach, we've come to the section I call start, bench, cut. I huh. give you three things. You start okay. one, bench one, and cut one. Um, Nike, Adidas, Under Armour. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a start Adidas. I am going to bench Nike, and I'm going to cut Under Armour. We're in Adidas school, so I, I know what it's about. Okay. Uh, Jordan, uh, Jordan, Jordan, Ron, Kobe. Uh, yeah, we're absolutely starting. Jordan, Kobe is coming off the bench, but he'll be the best sixth man in the history of sixth man if this is the case. And uh, um, and then and then yeah, we are we are cutting cutting the king. And if anybody has any flack on that with me, then that's fine. Hit my DMs and we'll find time to meet and we can discuss. So, coach, I think that's the best answer to that question I've gotten yet. <laughs> Oh uh, DMX, this is, Polio, uh, Ice Cube. Well, I mean, DMX has has just some classics when it comes down to um, stuff that you listen to in the weight room or pregame. So we're going, we're going with DMX. We're going to give, we're going to give uh, DMX that start. Uh, we're giving to uh, um, man. We'll give Ice Cube um, the the off the bench role, and then uh, we we can cut uh, cut Coolio back to his gangster's paradise. Uh, who's your man coach now, now you put me through the ringer you know I'd say we're, we're gonna go with um we go with Hoosiers because it's a classic on a classic um we're gonna go with glory road I love something also that's based on a true story and then coach Carter you're gonna get me in trouble with that one um coach Carter being cut but the, all three of them are great but in the sake of uh of, of participating in this uh this game, yeah, no, we're going, we're going Hoosiers, we're going uh, Glory Road, we're going Coach Carter. Finally, the last question, which is everyone's favorite: hoop dirt, verbal commits, NCAA. Man, um, I'm got, I'm gonna go with the transfer portal right now. Um, transfer portal is gonna start for us, um, you know, because again, there's it's this year is. Yeah, if you're uh, got an offer out there and you feel like it's right, you better take it. So transfer portal is is definitely starting. Uh, verbal commits will come off the bench, and then hoop dirt will be will be cut because because right now all I'm all I'm worried about is trying to find uh, the right type of guys that can, uh, can can help us get over this hump. Coach, Man, three, three guests, guests we have on this podcast. Well, you've already had one that I would throw out there, so I can't say Justin Tuchek because, you know, I've, I've, I went to bed last night thinking that I had to try and bring as much energy and charisma as he does, but little do I. I mean, I know darn well that's not possible. Uh, three people that you need to bring to this podcast. Um, I think a, a really good listen um, would be a guy by the name of Jeremy Esri. Um, he is the head coach at North Central Missouri College. Jeremy Esri is – um, a Juco guy through and through um, and, and is t- taking a program that when he was played there and was an assistant there, um, got the points in the region tournament where they, they didn't have the success they won. Now he's got them over the hump and they're, you know, each of the last two years, you know, he's uh, taken his alma mater, one of his alma maters and, and has led him to a national tournament. So Jeremy Esri at North Central Missouri College. Yes, absolutely. Um, I, I think that's, uh, you know, he would do do a great job. 
um, with that. Um, another I would say um, would be Kyle Cooper. Uh, Kyle Cooper is the uh, um, the head coach at Western Texas College. He has a uh, um, you know he has a whole bunch of um, experience at the junior college level. Um, you know he has such a calm and cool disposition where some coaches yell and scream and do different things to get the, get their guys to to play hard. Kyle Cooper isn't that. Kyle Cooper is just um, you know he's special. You know he's special with how he does things, and I think. The last one, last one, somebody else that should be on this podcast. Here's one for it. Nathan Cading, he's the director of basketball operations at North Dakota. Um, Nate, Nate has been, um, you know, at the D2 level. He has also um, been at the Division one level in the operations position. I think that, um, you know, every time I talk to him about basketball, about recruiting and different stuff, I think he's very intelligent um, and, and is definitely a funny guy. So I think those three would be um, – you know, good people to look at across a multitude of, of different levels of basketball too. Awesome. Now, Coach, you know, throughout the podcast, you know, kind of give advice and stuff you've learned along the way. What's one parting piece of advice you would give people trying to you know, get into coaching um, or move up the ranks? I think one thing is that you got to understand that you can run your own race. Uh, you can't be afraid to run a race different than anybody else. Um, everybody's path is different with that. So, I mean, it's just, you know, and by running your own race, that doesn't mean doing things that others haven't done before. Like, it, it means finding people that are similar to you or have leveled up. Like one thing I constantly do is, is study other teams um, in the off season, whether it's a different style of defense or a different um, offensive concepts or, or whatever, but, you know, it, it would make no sense for me to to study, you know, how Coach K became the head coach at Duke. You know what I mean? I didn't I didn't play Division One basketball. It was a different era back then. Like it makes more sense for me um, to to study different people that you know have been in similar situations that I have to maximize anything that I can. Um, so again, you know, don't be afraid to run a different race. You know, but at the same time. You know, find people in the lanes next to you that can provide insights to, to help you out. I think that that's huge. You know, you, you can't do this journey alone. And and I think the other thing is just, you know, maximize, maximizing the day. You know, today's pivotal. You know, today means everything. And I think if you can't um, get through what you need to get through in that particular day, you're just going to be behind. I think as us as coaches, we're, we're very um, programmed um, to focus on what's next. But at the same time, I think that we are also um, – just always two weeks behind on something. You know what I mean? Like, it's just kind of the way it is with all the different things that get uh, get thrown on, on your desk and everything. But, I mean, just understand the importance of the now and, and understand the importance of, of, you know, taking care of those players in your locker room to make sure that they're getting um, everything that they can in order to, to be successful. Because they can find a way to buy in and do, do the things that you ask them to, you know, great things can happen for everybody involved. Coach, if listeners want to get in touch with you, social um, media, they can email, go ahead what have and, you. What's, uh, what's the best send way? me a direct uh, direct message um, at Coach Lavery. Um, they can hit me on Twitter with that, and then my email's on the website as well. I do respond to that. If they reference this, I'll make sure uh, I hit them back, and then then I'll tell them to make sure that they uh, they they don't share my podcast, but they share every single other one of your podcasts that you've done, Coach. And that way, you know, this thing can uh, can hit new heights. I appreciate that, Coach. Coach, you know, I, I can't thank you enough for coming on the podcast. Like I said, um, you know, I know you guys will get that thing 
going, and uh, you know we're going to be a force to be reckoned with. I appreciate with the D2 that. Level, we'll keep uh, working, keep uh, doing what we need to do, and try and get a little better each day. You know, good things take time, but hey, you know we'll we'll stay with it and, and get exactly where it needs to be. The people of important. Thanks for listening to the Beyond the Box Score podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, leave reviews, and rate five stars.